Thanks for joining us for this podcast. We hope that it inspires you to follow Jesus. You can find out more about the life and ministry of City Lights Church and how you can connect with us at city-lights.church. So good. Well, uh, this is our last Sunday service uh, for 2023, and we are just so incredibly grateful for what God has done. The, the stories of the lives that have been transformed uh, through City Lights Church, and we're so glad that you're part of our community as well. This morning, I want to share five verses, and in these five verses is wrapped up the whole story of Christmas. In these five verses is the who, the how, and the why of Christmas. These five verses are like that little present under the tree that you know is small, but also you can tell that there's something good in there. And so we're going to start with one of these verses in Matthew chapter 1. The story of Jesus and verse 18. You can read along the screen or on your own device or Bible. And this is what it says. This is how the birth of Jesus, the Messiah, came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Now, I've got to say that this particular occurrence that Mary, the Virgin Mary, became pregnant with child is pretty difficult to understand. It's one of those scriptures that from a purely natural point of view, we would kind of, it would cause us to wonder. It would cause us to ask a few questions. And it is difficult to understand, but it also shouldn't surprise us if we know anything about the story of God, and if we have had a chance to read and study the Bible. And let me tell you why. Because in this occasion, the Holy Spirit is doing what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit is the bringer of new life. When we read the Bible, when we open it up to the first book in the first chapter, what do we see? We see the Holy Spirit hovering over the earth to bring new life. When we read the account of Jesus being baptized, the sign of spiritual rebirth and spiritual birth, we see the Holy Spirit hovering like a dove. The Holy Spirit is the bringer of new life. In the Bible, we see that the Holy Spirit is the breath of life to mankind. It's an idea that's repeated in the prophecy of Ezekiel the prophet in Ezekiel 37 that the Holy Spirit comes to bring life to this vast army of people that is representing God's desire to breathe his life and to renew and reform the people of Israel. So we see here that the Holy Spirit is bringing new life and that same life-giving spirit is the spirit that creates Jesus and brings new life to Jesus. Now, it shouldn't surprise us, but I could understand that it's difficult to understand. 
And we would all agree that it would be difficult to understand for Joseph. That if we put ourselves in his shoes, there has been no historical precedent. This has never happened before in the history of humankind and will never happen again. And so we kind of, we must, the Bible doesn't say, but we must kind of understand all these kind of things that Joseph must have been feeling. The hurt, the betrayal, the confusion, the disbelief. But it said he also cared deeply for Mary. And verse 19 it says, Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and yet did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. So God, Joseph has this plan, but God sends an angel to him. And we read what he says here. It says, but after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. Remember, the Holy Spirit is the bringer of new life. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. And all this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet. The virgin will concede, conceive and give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Do you know the promise of Christmas is God with us? The promise of Christmas is God with us. It says all this happened. Why did it happen? It happened so that God could make good on his promise that he prophesied. And we, we understand that this prophecy, when it says in verse 23, Verse 22, the Lord had said through the prophet, that was 700 years earlier. All this happened so that God could make good on his promise for God to be with us. Now, I'm not sure what the season ahead for Christmas looks like for you. I'm not sure is when you anticipate that season, when you think about the coming weeks ahead, whether your anticipation is one of joy and celebration or one of heartache and loss and loneliness. Maybe it's one of exhaustion or one of boredom. Maybe your house is full to the brim or strangely quiet. But whatever the Christmas season looks like for you, I believe that we can all be comforted by the promise of Christmas and that is that God is with us. That whatever your Christmas looks like, whatever is ahead, there is a hope that Jesus has come to say, whatever you are going through, I am going to be there with you. And the promise of Christmas is God with us. The promise of Christmas And the arrival of Jesus means that God himself, revealed in the person Jesus, fully divine, fully human, 
is someone who knows our human experience. He knows our joy. He knows our physical pain. He knows our temptations. He was loved. He was admired. He was abandoned. He was betrayed. He was rejected. And the promise of Christmas is God with us. Can we go a little bit deeper this morning? The promise of Christmas is that God is with all of us. The promise of Christmas is that God is not just with the Christian, but God is with the world. The promise of Christmas is that not God is not just with the saved, but God is with the sinner. The promise of Christmas is not just God is with you when you are rejected, but that God is with the person who rejected you. The promise of Christmas is not just that God is with you when you are hurt, but God is with the person who hurt you. Can we go deeper? And this is a hard one to understand, but the promise of Christmas is not just God is with you when you are abused, but God is with you with the person who committed the abuse. Let me explain this. This is definitely worthy of explaining. God with us does not mean to God what it means to us. When we say we are with somebody, it usually means we have an agreement, we have an alignment, we have a relationship, or we have an endorsement. For God to say he is with us does not mean that God endorses our behavior. It doesn't mean anything like that. For us to say we are with somebody, think about this scenario. You're meeting up with a group of friends. They've got a reservation. There's a table over there. You walk up to the front. There's, it's crowded. People are trying to get in. You jump the queue. Why do you do that? You say to the person at the door or the waiter or the waitress, what do you say? I am with them. And so that's often what it means. We associate with them. We have relationship with them. We would also say, this is true, when we have someone in our lives who is behaving badly, that we distance ourselves from them. And I think that is the very healthy thing to do. But this is not what God has chosen to do with us. God with us is never an endorsement of our behavior. You know the time when God was, you knew that God is with you, but you rejected him and you did what you shouldn't and you did what you shouldn't do when you knew better and what didn't work last time and made a mess of your life, but looking back, you recognize that God was with you. This is God with us. And this morning, I want to say that God with us says nothing about us and everything about God. God with us is not God saying, You are living your life so well. It's not that. You may be doing things well. You may be doing things horribly. But God with us is something else. 
God with us is the beauty of the gospel. God with us is a grace. God with us is a gift. God with us is unconditional love and the totally undeserved favor of God. So the question remains, if God is with us and God with us is never an endorsement of our behavior, why did Jesus choose to come? And that's whether we're conscious of it or unconscious of it, that is the question around Christmas. Who is Jesus? Why did he come? Why are all these people singing about him? Some of them who believe in him, some of them who don't. And the answer to why Jesus chose to come has already been revealed in the verses of this passage. The answer is not to endorse behavior. It's not to perpetuate bad behavior. But it's answered in two ways. Remember the angel says to Joseph, what does he say? He says, you are to call him Jesus. What does Jesus mean? Jesus means God saves. Why did Jesus come? He came to save us. What did he come to save us from? He came to save us from ourselves. He came to save us from ruining our relationship with God. He came to save us from hurting ourselves. He came to save us from hurting others. This is why Jesus chose to come. The second reason that Jesus come is also revealed. He wants to bring us new life through the Holy Spirit. So Jesus come and meets us where we are, whatever we're doing, because he is with us. And it's not an endorsement of our behavior. It's not an endorsement or a stamp of approval on our life. But he comes to us. And why does he come? He comes to give us hope that things can be different. He comes to save us. He comes to intervene. He is standing there with his hand and arm outstretched to us and an offer of hope, an offer of love, an offer of new life. And when we accept that offer, what happens? The Holy Spirit, the same Spirit that formed the earth, the same Spirit that formed Jesus in Mary's body, that same Spirit will be able to be alive within us to do what we can't, to give us the capacity to love ourselves and to love others and to allow God to heal and transform our lives. And this is the beauty of the gospel. Jesus comes to bring us new life through the Holy Spirit. And he comes to give it to everyone who wants it. Not everyone who deserves it in the way that we might think about it or when we don't think we deserve it, but for everyone who wants it. And this morning, I want to say that no one is too far from God. No one is too far from God. Even if you could think of the person in your life that when I say that, no one is too far from God, who is the first person that comes into your mind? You don't have to share it. You don't have to call it out. Maybe that person is you. 
you are not too far from God. Maybe it's a person that you like the least and has hurt you the most. That person is not too far from God. And Jesus comes to say that no circumstance is too difficult for God. No hurt is too great to heal. And no relationship is too damaged to mend for God. Because the same power, the same power that raised Jesus from the dead, the same power that created life on this planet, the same power that is involved in the spiritual rebirth of every single one of us who call on the name of God to save us, is the power of the Holy Spirit. So what's our response? The promise of Christmas is God with us. I believe that the promise and our response to God, the best response is this, us with God. God with us and us with God. As I said before, Jesus holds out his hand towards us and the question is, Will we take hold of that hand? Will we reach out and will we say, God, I know that you are with me, but I am choosing to be with you. God, I know that you are with us. We need to choose to be with you. And it's this choice to be associated with God to pick God's side, to begin to align every area of our life with God. And this Christmas, let me give you two practical ways that we can choose this response. The first is to give Jesus the place of honour at your table. This is actually what it means to worship God. It means we understand that Jesus humbled himself and even a picture of he's been waiting outside our house. He's been waiting for an invitation to come in. He's been humbly and lovingly and unconditionally waiting for us. And when we choose to say, yes, Jesus, come in, come into my life. I make room for you. I give you a place of honor at my table. We welcome him. We honor him with our words, with our time, in our imaginations, in the things that we say. We align our whole lives with him. We say, Jesus, we don't want you to be an outsider in our lives. We want you to be an insider in our lives. That's the first thing. And the second thing is this, that we freely share What has been freely given. If you've been blessed to bless others, if you have been forgiven to forgive, can I ask you a question? Super important question. Who do you need to forgive this Christmas? You know, forgiveness is one way. Forgiveness is not reconciliation. Forgiveness is not saying you want to be in a relationship 
with somebody. Forgiveness is something that you can do right now in this moment. Forgiveness is when you, through the grace of Jesus, you cut the ties with that person. You let go of what you're holding. You let go of your right and you allow Jesus And I just want to uh, just invite um, my father, John, to come up. And he's just going to share a story. Uh, he was recently, the last couple of weeks, been in Thailand uh, ministering in a couple of churches. I think one time he did 18 sessions in a Bible college. And he's just going to share a story about love and forgiveness. And so... Uh, Let's welcome him as he comes. The Marvel T-shirt about the marvellous works of God. Go to the nations and tell the marvellous works of God. I was in Chiang Mai and I preached a message on uh, be angry but don't sin. Don't let the sun go down on your anger. Don't give a place to the devil. And I explained to them that there are the weapons that we have is repentance, forgiveness, and blessing. When you forgive somebody, you go from being angry with them, you go to forgiving them. You've gone from negative to neutral. That's not enough. So you go from negative to neutral. When you bless them, you go to positive. And so I preached on this. I gave some examples about forgiveness. And uh, uh, when I got home, I, I said to my friend Sydney, look, I don't know if I'll be back that often. I'm sort of semi-retiring next year. I don't know if I'll come back. And uh, I said that to him Monday. And on Tuesday, he rang me and he said, let me tell you a story. A lady in church had decided to forgive her friend. Not only did the friend do her wrong, but the friend owed her money. So she forgave her friend and she forgave the debt. She said, I'm going to forgive this person. Jesus, I forgive them. I release them. I'm going to forgive these people. And then when she got home, the lady had contacted her and said, I'm coming over to pay the money. That's what happens when you, from your heart, decide not only to forgive but to bless as well. Give God a chance. Give him a chance. Uh, as Pastor Andrew says, Jesus came uh, not only to reconcile us to the Father but to get us right with one another. And if we do life the way he suggests we do, you will see marvellous things happen around you. Marvellous things. So I got back. Sydney time with a story. He said, I know you're not coming again, but we've booked you as a keynote camp, keynote camp speaker for July. Will you come? And I said, sure. I'm on my way. Awesome. In a couple of minutes, we're going to be sharing some Christmas food. But I want to take some time. It's about a minute or two. And if you're bold, if you're courageous, I want you to ask the Holy Spirit, who do I need to forgive? Do you know there is great healing? There is great life. That some of the things that are weighing you down are actually 
within your ability to release the burden when you release that unforgiveness back to Jesus and say, Jesus, I can't carry this unforgiveness. And so would you be bold enough to do this with me? Just to bow your head as we say, Holy Spirit, As I was preparing early in the week, I felt that there were some people here that needed to forgive their, their father for abandoning them. I, I don't treat that statement lightly at all. But if that's you, I want to say there's life and there's blessing. Some of you need to forgive your boss for the way that he treated you or she treated you. So Holy Spirit, the life of Christmas, we pray right now your presence would be so kind and gentle that you would help us, give us the courage to release, Lord, those that we know that we need to forgive. In Jesus' name. This morning, there may be some people who have never made that decision to ask Jesus for forgiveness of sins for the offense that we didn't realize but that we caused God. And if you want to do that, it's so easy to do. You just accept God into your heart. You just say, Jesus, I accept you as Lord. I accept you as God and I welcome you into my heart so if that's you you can do that as easy as i've done that just then let me pray god we thank you we thank you that god with us is an incredible promise and we pray that we would take that promise for all it's worth that we would accept jesus the god who saves and the new life of the Holy Spirit in each and every one of us. God, we pray you do a mighty, mighty work in Jesus' name. Thanks for joining us for this message. We hope that it has inspired you to follow Jesus. You can find out more about City Lights Church at city-lights.church.